Hello, boys and girls. This is Steve Tripp coming to you live from the Top Strength Project, and this is the Top Strength Cast, a grit original. I am here to denounce the limitless bullshit surrounding the industry by sharing my own personal experiences and insights in an attempt to offer a more direct, sensible, and authentic approach to becoming the best version of ourselves. Other experts at the top of their fields will be joining me to cover training for and competing in strength sports along with all things muscle. It is my goal to offer as much value through this platform as possible because I believe that there is no cruise control. There is no maintaining. You're either learning, growing, and getting better, or you're going backwards. So wake up, be present, be relentless, and let's go. Hello, boys and girls. We're back again. Can you believe it? We're doing another episode. But today, today. I'm very excited for my guest. But I got to be honest, I think one of my guests is even more excited than I am. Today, I'm joined by Nico, the Greek Goliath, who just got married last night. Congratulations right. to Nico. Up, up bright and early at the crack of noon to do this. And we have M. <laughs> and we have M Shadows, Manny, all the way up from Jersey to join us as well. Yeah, um, today's episode... You know, we're going to give these guys a chance to kind of take the floor and speak about their backgrounds, how they got involved in strength training, and then eventually strongman. And then they are, yesterday was three weeks out from OSG. Both of these guys um, obviously qualified, and they're both looking for a, a big win. That's a huge show for those of you guys, those of you guys who don't know. OSG, I'd say, you, you, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I would say that that's probably the biggest show aside from Worlds and the Arnold, arguably, right? Well, Giants Live? It is worlds for a lot of other weight classes. Yeah. So yeah. So so Everyone worlds. Is, so worlds is open. World's yeah. strongest man. All you guys know. You see it on TV. That's an open class. So it, you know it's, it's two hundred seventy pound, two hundred five, two hundred seventy five pound guys going up against three four and four hundred pound guys. But OSG has um, is it two thirty and above and two thirty and below two two thirty one. There's a uh, one oh five. A kilo class, a 90 kilo class, and an 80 kilo class. So, so it's a world show with, with weight classes. So it could be yeah. considered to be the biggest show in the world with weight classes, but these guys are both in the super heavyweight class, and it's a stack, stack lineup, so they're very excited, and they've been training for this arguably their whole lives. So, uh, Manny, if you don't mind, let's start with you. Talk about your background, how you got into strength training, eventually into strongman, and, and what you're doing now. Uh, so I could fuck up my bully sense about it. That's it. No, no. Um, that's that, that's not. That, that's. Not I was called titty boy by a girl I had a crush on when I was thirteen. That's how it started for me. That's not far off from the truth, actually. Uh, for me, it was. I was always that guy who was, uh, you know, in high school. You're you're, you're tall for nothing because I was fucking six four since I was. I've been six four since I was twelve years old. What? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Six four since I was twelve years old. So um, when I was in high school. I got bullied non-fucking-stop. High school, middle school, just non-stop for being tall for nothing. And uh, it, it just, like, it, it gets to you after a while. Bullied as far as, like, verbally, but also physically. Like, I had actual bullies that would fuck my shit up on a regular basis. Where'd you grow up? Pagoda, New Jersey, man. <laughs> Lovely little town. It's, just like, one square mile. Super small town. And I fucking, I got sick of it. So uh, my junior year of high school, the summer after my junior year, which I did, um, I did... What it was, I did uh, whatever the off season for football is like the summer, those camps. I did that that summer and I absolutely hated it. It was like the majority of the guys on my team were just fucking dickheads, yeah. 
they would bully me nonstop while I'm trying to fucking practice with these guys. So a lot of weights, a lot of running, a lot of running, not enough weights, which is pretty stupid to me because like you want bigger, stronger guys. So you figure we should train more and eat more, but no, we were just spending half the practice running our asses off. So didn't make it to the actual season, just quit beforehand. And uh, I realized I like, I really enjoyed lifting weights. So I kept going with that and it just, you know, took off from there. At the beginning, I liked how my physique looked, you know, going from a scrawny kid to being, uh, you know, putting on, because when you first start working out, it's basically steroids, man. Because I was also working at McDonald's. So like eating all that garbage, <laughs> eating all that garbage nonstop, like four days a week when I was working, I just blew up. I went from like 165 to like 220 in like maybe six months. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was ridiculous, and um, those McChickens are like trend, man. Yeah, dude, <laughs> might as well be. Um, so, I blew up right away, and I I really liked how my physique looked. What kind of facility? So, I'm from a small town as well. I mean, my high school w- was regional, only 900 or a thousand kids. And in the beginning, when I first started, I trained in, in, a, in a dungeon. You know, the facilities weren't the best. Um, but I kind of I kind of took a lot of pride in that, you know, um, freezing, freezing cold in the winter, hot as fuck in the summer, spitting on the walls, old equipment. And that was kind of my first introduction to weightlifting. And I think I was spoiled in that regard because, yeah. for one, it's, it's kind of like a no frills, no bullshit barbell background. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then also it allowed me to really appreciate and really absorb and really get the most when I started, you know, getting to, to better, bigger and better facilities. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a similar setup as well? I assume you have these amazing facilities. No, it, was, it, was, it was the fucking same. What well, was your guidance I, in the onset? I didn't start just, the other, just the other players? Did you have a coach or anybody or what? I didn't start off uh, like in a gym. It was well, it was my my high school's gym, Yeah, which is what you're talking about. Exactly. It's just dingy, like the back corner of uh, the weight area. or the. It might the, have been 30 by 40 feet. It was, yeah. Like a squat that, rack, that. a leg press, and dumbbells that definitely had hep A through Z and tetanus all over it. And I fucking <laughs> loved it. I loved it. It was the best. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty similar to that. And um, the only guy that really helped me out was my, my gym teacher, my PE teacher. Uh, he, he, he was all for me, you know, not being a weak little bitch anymore. So he was, you know, giving me a hand in the beginning. But I moved on from that to, uh, there was a gym, an actual, like, gym, an old barbell club, like, a half mile down the road from my high school. So I joined there when I was 17. And it just a bunch of guys in their 40s and 50s, old school meatheads. You know, this is the kind of gym where 225 was an empty barbell. Yeah. And guys would literally, like, take off the weights from the, from the fucking bench press and leave two plates on there because that's the starting weight. I couldn't do it. Yeah. But that was the fucking starting weight, so... That was like the West Side thing. Louis Simmons, I think, had had a pair of hundreds weld, welded yeah. onto the squat bar, and 245 yeah. is where you started, period. That's what it was like at this place, and it was just, that's where it started. That's where the, the actual, like, gaining of strength and really getting passionate about being strong started, because, like, I, I wanted to impress these guys who didn't give a fuck, you know, because yeah. these, these old dudes, like, if I couldn't bench a 25, they wouldn't even talk to me. So that's what I was going for so that was the start and then i mean did you did you get did you get into competing right away or was that taking a while i wanted to do uh men's physique in the beginning yep but uh it was i signed up for a competition this was like 2014 how old are you then uh 19 because you're 29 now 28 28 yeah so i was uh i was signing i signed up for it and when it came time to actually start dieting 
I realized I fucking hate dieting. <laughs> so, the McDonald's that wasn't so, serving you for a physique competition? So That's there, interesting. There was no fucking way I was going to actually go and like start reducing my calories and getting weaker. Because like strength was what got me into it. Yeah. Being bigger and stronger. So the idea of losing weight to look a certain way and get on board shorts to go on stage just did not fit with me. So. And sacrificing the strength you've, you've accumulated. That's, and yeah. size, yeah. the muscle, yeah. which was your primary driver. So it's yeah. hard to justify that in your head. Yeah, so I, I couldn't. And I got in, from there I got into, a, well, I started intentionally powerlifting from that on because I realized I would never want to do, you know, one of those comps where I get on stage and flex for judges. Yeah. That doesn't mean shit to me. So that's when powerlifting became the main goal, which I never did anyway because I started off with powerlifting in 2015 from then. And then 2016 I found uh the local strongman gym, which was about five miles from my house. And that's where uh, the strongman took off. Cause I went there one day to do uh, a deadlift workout after a night out drinking. And I did like 495 for like four singles. And then I flipped the fucking tire after deadlifts. And I did a, the, the dumbbell press at the end of that, the circus dumbbell press at the end of that with like an empty dumbbell. that was like a hundred pounds. And the owner was like, hey man, you're, you're, you're in the wrong sport. We got to get you in the strong man. Yeah, you have an affinity for Because you're fucking huge. Yeah. I, was, um, I, wasn't, I was like 240 at the time. But he was like, dude, you're, you have a massive frame to put on some serious fucking muscle. And you have what it takes to be a pretty good strong man. So let's give it a shot. And that was it. Like, I signed up for competition, I think, a month or two later, which was, uh, Jesus, Lift for Autism? Or, yeah, it was Lift for Autism. Uh, That's in New York. In New York, yeah. I did, I did, I did, a, I did. One or two of those shows, I believe. Yeah, first one I did was in 2017. Out in the middle of nowhere. It started with some a pavilion, W. In some pavilion. I, I forget what it's fucking. It was a pavilion uh, on the side of a lake. And there's always like a Husafel carry, and it's a puzzle yeah. piece for autism. I did yeah. that same show. Yeah. That was when I first met uh, Rob Kearney. All right. And, yeah. and that was before Rob Kearney was World's Strongest Gay. But he he was so dominant. I just remember, you know, I was in the heavyweight uh, or the novice uh, the novice. Yeah, he was still a middleweight back then. Yeah and, yeah, and I'm just looking at this guy with a mohawk, and, you know, there, there was a lot of big guys, a lot bigger than I was at the time, and I just noticed, like, Rob, who wasn't enormous, but he was just fucking destroying everybody, and then fast forward a couple of years later, a couple of years later as he came and became more successful and had a bigger name, I'm like, I remember that guy way back from that autism yeah. meet. I have a photo of me and Rob, like, 2016, yeah. at New York's Strongest Man. I don't know what the fuck he was doing there, but I saw him, and I was, like, starstruck. I'm like, no fucking way this guy's here. Yeah. And he was, I, I was big, but he was bigger than me, even though he was fucking short of me at the time. Yeah. But that's when I first met Rob, and it was like a fanboy moment. Nice guy then, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, fierce competitor. He, 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 was, he, he was not the biggest guy. There were two or three guys that were enormous, but um, he, he, was, he was destroying them. Yeah. So, um, so Nika, how about you? So you, you, you dominated in powerlifting for a very, very long time that eventually shifted over to strongman. Yeah, so I, I started lifting... Uh, when I was 14 years old, my freshman year of high school, there was a, a weightlifting team. And uh, Where's high school for you? Uh, Hyannis, uh, Massachusetts. Um, I went to a, a very small charter school. Hyannis. Um, Hyannis, yeah. land of the nice. giraffe. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my, my graduating class only had 32 kids in it, so it was a, a really Jesus. small school. Yeah, so as far as like organized sports. In high school? Yeah, I couldn't Holy play. Holy shit. We didn't have enough kids for a football team or any like real good organized sports, so... There was a weightlifting team, but there was only four spots on the weightlifting team, and I was the fifth guy to sign up. So I was the first alternate, but the coach, Mr. Evans, he said, um, 
you know, I, I almost guarantee within the first month or two, like somebody's going to drop out because people don't stick to this shit because it's hard. Yeah. So I was like, all right, so I'll, I'll bide my time. So I, I go home and I, I tell my parents. When you say weightlifting, <clears throat> is that powerlifting? Because weightlifting It was is- just like a, 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 you know, go to the gym. It was like a, you know, bodybuilding and, and just, just teach kids how to lift Nice, weight. cool. Um, it wasn't like a, a, a Olympic team or anything like that. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, I, was I, I would have is- been all set with it if it was that. But, um, <laughs> so I, I go home and, you know, I, I tell my parents, I'm like, yeah, I signed up for the weightlifting team, but, you know, it's full right now. And my, my mother was like, well... You know, you're not going to come home from school and not do anything. So you're going to pick something else to do while you wait for a spot to open up on the weightlifting team. Yeah. So I go back I go back to school the next day, and the, the only two other things that were available were soccer or cross-country running. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Woo! shit. What were your so, stats back then, your height and weight and build? Anything like today to I join mean, the cross-country team? I, was, I assume you went cross-country. F- yeah. D- d- so the, <laughs> uh, as a freshman, I was probably 5'10", 5'11", and, you know, 220. Um, but, uh, so I figured that at least if I, if I, if I train cross country, it'll, it'll, it'll get me in shape to, to lift, you know? So I did that and boy, oh my God, what a nightmare that was, man. Like I was, I was, I did not have a runner's physique. Not that I do now or ever have, but. You're damn uh, right you do. So yeah, I know, right? Um, but, uh. I'll never forget that sprint at nationals last year. That was It was fast. pretty quick, huh? Was quick. I mean, it was, it was good. <laughs> But uh, so so two weeks two weeks in a cross country right the weightlifting coach comes to me and he goes this kid Andrew just quit so we got a spot on the team for you I was like sick awesome because fuck this running shit right yeah. so I go home and I, I tell my mother I go you know a spot opened up for me on the weightlifting team so I'm gonna stop this cross country thing and she goes no you made a commitment to a team and you're gonna see it through and I was like fuck like okay. mom so so, <laughs> so for for a month and a half. Right after school, I would I would run from three thirty to quarter to five, and then I would go to the gym and and join the boys and lift until like seven o'clock. Good and Lord. I was, oh my god, that was like that was my introduction into lifting, and I was just like that was literally the worst like six weeks of my life because I was so tired. Like I didn't do a shred of homework, and I was just like, but I was having fun because I just I, I, I took to it, and I I I, I yeah fuck homework yeah no you don't need smart lift weights. Um, yeah, you don't be. So, I, so I was just, um, I was on that weightlifting team for a little while. And then there were these two guys that, um, that went to this, this gym that we were going to. It was called R&R Fitness. It was, you know, much like what Steve described. It was a hole in the wall, dirty, dusty, old equipment. And these two guys um, were competitive powerlifters. And they kind of pulled me aside and they were just like, uh, like hey, man, um, you know, I, I know you like training with your friends and whatnot, but like you're, you're a pretty strong kid. Like you should come lift with us. Yeah. And that's back when like, you know, this is like 2002, 2003. Jesus so that's back. This is back before like, you know, all these different training protocols. And, you know, this is before like way before, you know, super training or like boss barbell or this. Yeah. Everything was West Side back then, you know, everything. There may have been resources out there, but they just weren't available. Like yeah, I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to find something, you'd have to like go to the bookstore and buy a Powerlifting USA magazine. Yeah, or drive your ass to the West Coast or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And um, so I started training with them, and uh, I just got how much older really are they strong. than you? Oh, jeez. Because um, you're a teenager, so, you're like a yes, junior. Yes, I was. I was fourteen, fifteen years old, and they were probably late twenties, early thirties. Nice. Um, and uh, they, it just so happened that they were competitive powerlifters, but they were both um, youth corrections officers. So they'd seen kids that had like gone the wrong way. And like, so they worked with kids. It wasn't like there were two grown men that just, you know, picked up a 14 year old kid in a gym. It was 
regardless. Yeah. Um, so, like so, so that, so that's when I, um, that's when I started powerlifting and my first powerlifting meet was, I was, uh, 16 years old. It was the, uh, the new England raw, um, championships. And, um, I took first place in the, in the teen class. And then the next year I competed in the men's division at 17 and, and won that. Um, men's like open though. Know, Men's open, yeah, two seventy five. The young phenom, so, the young Mike O'Hearn and, uh, over here. Yeah, I, I, I in hi in hiatus. I want to say I'd have to, <laughs> I, I'd have to look. It's, it's probably on openpowerlifting dot com, but um, I want to say I totaled somewhere in the mid sixteen hundreds at, uh, at at that age. Which you know, right now there's like there's so many sports, so much more popular, and kids these days are so goddamn strong at such a young age. It's crazy. Um, are they though, or are they total plate sumo with a uh, no, I mean that's a good uh, that's, with, with a 150 pound bench yeah. and 200 pound squat. But um, <laughs> so so I just kind of uh, I, I I kept going from there, and you know over the years, I um, I always I always trained like super raw too when I was a kid. I don't I don't know why like no one smartened me up to in the your underwear in my underwear bare nice. knees bare. Well, that was my that was my next question because you got involved in the early 2000s, and I was curious because when powerlifting kind of first got started, it was it was geared, and then raw was the outliers. Yeah, it was. So was it kind of 50 50 then, or was it, it more raw? It was so it was so like the guys that I trained with, they even though they trained the the West Side style, they they still had the concept of you know we want to train you to we want your strength to actually be yours. Yeah, you know? and um, and up until. I want to say nationals in 2013 or 2014. I went down to uh, Panama City in 2013 to do uh, APA nationals, and there was this guy uh, Dominic Matrana down there, and he uh, at that show he he pulled 400 kilo, and raw. So I'm yeah raw, Jeez. and so I'm uh <laughs> I'm getting ready to squat and shit, and I I I had no knee wraps, no belt, no nothing. And uh, I, I want to say I, I squatted like seven, seven, low seven, seven eleven or whatever, just super raw. And um, I that was my first attempt. And I walk back in the warm room, and he's and he's looking at me, and he's just like, he's like, why, why aren't you wearing a belt? Like, why, why don't you wrap your knees? And I'm like, I never have, man. I just I've always. Been. So you were only in a singlet. That's it. Yeah. Jesus. And uh, he's and like, he, you even wearing underwears, he, bro? Dude, he gives me he gives me his he gives me his belt, and he's just like, yeah, like. Try that again. Give, give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think I ended up squatting like 749 with, with his belt for like my second attempt. And then I went for like high sevens and missed. You're 18 but, now? Um, How old are you? No, no. This is 2013. All so right. Jesus Christ, what was that? That's like uh, 11, 10, Nine years 10, ago. 10, 10 years ago. Yeah. So I was. So uh, mid 20s. Mid 20s. Yeah. 20, 25, 26. And um, so then after that, you know, I, I just, I, I started squatting with, uh, you know, knee wraps and actually wearing a belt. And, um, and then in 2006, so I, 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 won, I won the New England Regionals three times, uh, and then I won the APA national title twice. And then in 2016, I went to uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania for the IPL World Qualifier. I won that show, which qualified me for IPL Worlds in Vegas in 2016. And I, uh, we went out there. Um, that, was a, that was a great show. So 450 lifters over four days. Um, at the Gold Nugget um, in, in Vegas, it's always there. Yeah, it's it's always. it's 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 a great venue, and um, that's back when uh, like Brandon Allen was like the it guy in powerlifting, and he was out there for the show, and it was like you know, shout out to Brandon. Yeah, he's he's awesome. And yeah. um, but uh, so I, I I won that show, and during during that show, uh, on my third bench attempt, I 
I tore my pec and tore my shoulder, which was the start to like all the all the problems I've had since. And no, um, no real issues with injuries or anything before then. Not up until that point. Like I'd had, you, you know, had I, fat I had horseshoe up your ass. I had, yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> it's probably because I I trained without any kind of you know training that yeah. raw. It, it really does prevent you from having these crippling injuries. Because when you think about like when shit goes south in multiplied lifting. It's, it's always horrible. It's always catastrophic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, never, so. it's always under way, it's, I don't want to yeah. say way too much weight, but because but of all the assistance, you're right. under yeah. a, a tremendous amount of weight, and when something goes, it right. fucking goes. So I, th- I think that probably had something to do with it up, up to that point. Um, but, uh, you know, so my, my whole family was out in Vegas, and, and uh, you know, my, my, my brand new wife, Jenny, we've been together eight years, but her family flew out and everything, so I, I, I felt my, my pet go, uh, after my, my third bench. And so I, I walked back and I, I was just like, I was almost like in shock, you know? And I came all this way and uh, I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna fuck it. I'm just gonna deadlift and see what, you know, see what happens. Fuck yeah. And uh, so I, ended, I, I pulled, uh, I wanna say I opened with seven, 799 and then my second attempt was 822 and then I missed 849. Um, but uh, but I, I didn't want any anyone, of my family members like to, to know I was hurt, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of just like put on a, a happy face and, uh, but when I, when I got back, I went to um, an orthopedic surgeon. Well, um, what was the result of that meet? You, you won, right? I, I, I came in first in the, uh, th- that's back when I was slightly smaller than I am now. I used to, I used to cut to 308 in powerlifting and um, that was, thank God, the last time I ever cut because I, I landed in Vegas at like uh, three days before the meet and I was like, 36 and um yeah cutting down to 308 just it was it was awful especially so, on the road it's like you, you have yeah. to find the necessary resources to do it yeah we uh well luckily enough you know out there um you know there, there's like spas and saunas in every hotel you know um but i spent uh i spent all night in my shower just with it cranked up sitting steaming the shit out of myself and then when i went to weigh in i was still like two pounds over so i uh so I had two hours to lose two more pounds. And um, so I just hopped in the sauna and I swear to God, man, I swear the scale was like fucking with me because I would, I'd get out and I'd be like 309.6 and I get back yeah. in and, and, you know, go in 10 minutes and I'd be like 309.4, hop in for another 10 minutes, get back out and I'm 309.6 again. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, uh, but by the time I like toweled off and, and got across, I, I made weight. But um, I swear to God that, that cutting that much weight that it probably took, I, th- I totaled 20, 21, 49 at that show, and I, it, it probably took 100 pounds off my total because I couldn't eat that whole night. Yeah. I just, I was, and my, my plan was to get an IV, but in Vegas, IVs are like 350 bucks, you know? You cut and, 30 uh, pounds? Yeah. In, in, in what, 20? In, in, in like long? 48 hours. Yeah, it sucked. Lord. It's brutal. Um, so, so when I got back, um, you know, I went to get my shoulder checked out, and uh, I, 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 sh- I was younger and I was stupid and I should have got a second opinion, but uh, I went to see We're this. We're all stupid uh, still. I know, right? <laughs> we do this shit, so we got to be stupid to some extent. Um, and the, I got an MRI and the guy told me, he's like, yeah, you know, you, you have a, a tear in your uh, supraspinatus, but it's not bad enough that I, I think you should get surgery on it. We'll just kind of like, you know, um, he's like, you know, I, I think you should take it easy. And, um, you know, uh, goes, what, what hurts the most? And I go, well, if I go to overhead press like over 200 pounds, it, it really hurts. And his uh, answer to that was like, well, just don't overhead press more than 200 pounds. Yeah. And I was like, 
not really an option, you know. Well, that was before Strongman, so it didn't, it didn't matter all that much anymore. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, um, and I kept it's trying. It's just to, not what you want to hear, and and that's kind of the that's even today, you know, general practitioners, they're like, all right, well, just don't don't press anymore, and it's like, dude, it wouldn't matter to me if they told don't me like, don't anymore. don't do a calf raise. I still wouldn't be that wouldn't be an acceptable outcome to me. You know, yeah, of course, I want yeah. to be able to have full ability to do anything within the confines of the sport at any time. Yeah. Um. So. I basically just, I, I, I don't want to say I took two years off, but like I, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do because, you know, I won a world title and at that point, like, you know, I'd spent whatever, 16, 17 years in powerlifting and I was, I was kind of bored with it at that point, you know, because as much as I, as I love the sport, like. At the I'm end sorry, of the day, it's just squat bench deadlift. Yeah. And, and, and training <laughs> for it can get so fucking monotonous, you know, and it's just like, and, oh, and, yeah. I, and I love the community and I loved competing, but it was just like, I, I, I wanted, I wanted something more. So um, after I kind of took a little bit of time off and just, I, I spent like two years and just trained to, to train. Because I, I kind of, I was always so uh, consumed and obsessed with competing and doing well and beating guys that I, I kind of just like lost my passion for just like lifting weights. You yeah. Know? yeah. So I went back to just the whole like, you know, I, I know that we joke around about like, you know, you go to train somewhere and you, you get your gym bag so full of shit, you know, and it's just like you need your sleeves, your wraps, your belt, your, you know, your mouth guard, your, your chalk, your ammonia, all this shit. And so I just started training again just to train and I just I would I would walk in with a water bottle and just lift weights. And um, and, you know, I gave my, my shoulders some time to heal and whatnot. And then, you know, in like 2018, I decided that maybe I wanted to try to compete again. And I just tried to bench again and it just it felt like fucking shit and I was just like you know if I having having been to the top of the mountain I, I can't I can't just be like a, a, a mediocre ham and egger guy I don't want to do this you know um so and oddly enough I started I I, I said I'm not gonna bench I'm just gonna I'll, I'll, I'll do some overhead pressing and I I sat on a, a seated military press and I just did 135 and for that first week. And after like eight weeks, like I was up to being able to overhead press 315 seated. And I was like, okay, well, that doesn't hurt that bad. It, it's, it's still, it's never felt right, you know, but um, I didn't have any pain. So anyway, um, regardless, so I, I, uh, I have always been a fan of, of Strongman. And, um, you know, back, going back 10 years now, I would, uh, I'd frequent Derek Poundstone's gym down in Connecticut. It's, it's closed now, closed several years ago. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've always been a fan of Derek's and, and um, we've always been pretty good friends. And, you know, he's a great guy. He always takes time out to, uh, you know, answer any questions for anybody that would come to the gym and whatnot. So, uh, so I, I shot him a message and I was just like, you know, I'm thinking about training for Strongman. Like, would you, would you coach me? Um, did you ever have a coach for powerlifting? I did not, no. No, I always did all my own programming for powerlifting. Pretty um, well decorated for a guy that never had anyone guiding him. Yeah, I mean, I, I always... Uh, so, I never had a coach. So after... Uh, after the, well, it's because you're God, 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 God's favorite. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, after um, the whole West Side phase that I did, I, I started training uh, Ren and Lily's Cube Method, and that's the, that's the protocol that I used going into Worlds. And I, I, I really... I, I like that protocol um because the way that you cycle through things um it really it keeps you fresh and because the, the the problem that a lot of strong men have um is that you know you you, you reach accumulation and, and you need deloads and your body's beat to shit but the way that that protocol works with cycling you know volume days dynamic days and heavy days it, it really keeps you so that you know 
your body's really only taking a beating on one heavy day a week. Um, so I was a huge fan of that. Um, and I, I still utilize that kind of protocol in my, in my strongman training. Um, but regardless, so I, I, I contacted Derek and, um, he was like, yeah, man, absolutely. That'd be, that'd be awesome. And, uh, so we started working together and I was, uh, my, my first show was going to be, uh, New York strongest in 2018 or t- probably 2019. You would have lost um, to me. Cause I won that year. Awesome. Good. Well, I'm glad. That's the one uh, year I took off. Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are God's favorite. <laughs> um, but uh, no, Kevin Ferris won that year. What no. year was that? Kevin won 2020. 2020? Then that's the one I was going to do. Yeah. Because um, 2020 was an Arnold qualifier. Arnold, okay. Arnold Warwick Arnold qualifier. I, 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 Canada, I sandbagged, right? I sandbagged 2020. In Canada. I did heavyweight in, in Ferris and uh, one of the Hodge brothers. Did uh, did did the did the super heavy? Okay, cool. All right, so that so Those that was the show freaks. that I was supposed to be my first show, and uh, and then Wait, uh, if you don't mind me interrupting you, when, when you reached out to Derek for coaching, because the first time we crossed paths without even not even knowing it was at a Dan Green seminar at Poundstone's gym. We were both yeah. there, but we didn't know each other <laughs> like then. 2014 or something like that. So like had you started ago. working with Derek at that point, or it was after? No, it was after that. Derek never coached me at that at that uh, juncture. I would just, I, you know, I'd come down to his facility, and we'd shoot the shit and everything. Um, but he was always just kind of like a, a friend, not really a, a coach. Um, so like three or four weeks before the, uh, before the uh, New York show, I ended up, I was, I was doing an axle clean and press because that was one. it was, I think the, the first event was a, uh, it was a, a medley. It was an axle, axle log axle, medley. Axle, yeah. axle log, axle log. Um, and uh, so I, I went to, to clean the axle and I was just, you know, super new at the sport that time. And I'm so like hyper-focused on my cues that I forgot to wrap my wrists. And I'd never really worked too much with an axle before. I was always used to working with barbells. And so I went to clean the axle and the axle, as you know, it just keeps on going when you rotate it. You were using a fixed axle? Yeah. So I've never even used a fixed axle. It's so, I can't, it's so I can't imagine. Yeah. And, uh, and it's definitely not what you want to learn on as a, as a no brand doubt. new guy, you know? Yeah. Um, so for the listeners, you know, you guys all use traditional barbells. And, and a traditional barbell, the sleeves, the, the plate horns that you load the plates on, they rotate on the bar. And, you know, Olympic barbells rotate a ton. Power bars, not so much. And then you have an axle where it doesn't rotate, but the plates can still spin on the axle. So imagine an axle where you have, you know, say a big wagon wheel or a big plate that's actually fixed to the axle so that the plate can't rotate without the barbell rotating. So imagine having two or 300 pounds on an axle and you clean it to your chest and those those plates are going to want to roll and the bar is going to roll with it. So I'm pretty sure what happened to Nico was he probably snapped his wrist because the bar kept rotating and he wasn't prepared for it. Yeah, and I, it's I, just going to monkey wrench your wrist. I, I, I felt a, a pop in my wrist. And um, so I, I went to the doctor and they were like, uh, you, you more than likely have a partial tear in your ulnar tendon, which is the tendon that connects your ring and your pinky finger. And I was like, you know, I put so much training into it, like, fuck it, I'm still going to do the show and whatnot, right? And then I go home and I go to get a gallon of milk out of the fridge. And as soon as it like went off the shelf, it dropped straight to the floor. And I was like, well, shit. I'm like, and I, so I, I couldn't do the overhead event. 
And then there was also there was a 800 pound frame in that show too. And I'm yeah, like, frame well, carrying drag. A, that's going to be a joke. So I figured like, well, and even like stones. How are you going to grasp a stone? I mean, I didn't want my first show to you know show. I didn't want to show up and be like that guy that zeroes everything. You know? Yeah. So I so I talked to Derek and he was just like, look, you know, we'll start fresh. We'll you know we'll get you we'll get you to a better place and like the shit happens. Like don't worry about it. And then COVID hit. So. Um, and that was just brutal, you know, and all the gyms closed down and I was, you know, I was trying to find a place to train and, and, uh, and I just kind of made the conscious decision that like I was going to have to take my future into my own hands. And, uh, that's when I, I, uh, I got my commercial bay and invested like 30 grand in equipment and just started my own private facility, which is where I still train today, which was the best decision I ever made. Um, I'm super happy there. It's just like my place and, you know, between, there and 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 you know top strength and, and titan barbell it's um you know a, a really really top-notch training places and and it's really taken my strongman career to the the next level um so but th- i mean that's kind of how i got into strongman and um it's been uh it's been a blast i've been able to meet a lot of great people like you two motherfuckers so <laughs> that's very story, grateful that story is way better than mine <laughs> so much fucking better than mine well i mean it, it's it's amazing just to think i mean you 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 have you're very decorated as a powerlifter but um i definitely i think um manny can agree and a lot of listeners can agree that it's very easy to be burnt out to become burnt out in powerlifting because it's so finite it's so tunnel vision it's so specific and also if you guys can can agree or disagree once you become good at powerlifting you really can't compete more than once, maybe twice a year, because again, it's so specific. If you're a big squatter, big bencher, big deadlifter, you need a 12 to 16 week off season after competition, and then you need at least a 12 to 16 week meat prep, if not another 12 to 16 weeks in between. So that puts you at one or two shows a year. With Strongman, it's always different. It's always different. And sometimes shows don't take a whole lot out of you. Maybe the show doesn't have a lot of max lifts, a lot of carries, yeah. speed events. You Sometimes you can compete in strongman once a month if you want, and it's always different. It's always exciting, and it's, it, it, it's, it just develops more, and it, it, it lends itself to be able to compete more consistently. And then your training's always different. Um, so it, it's sensible that, that you, you got burnt out and, and wanted to take on strongman because it's the same with me. I, I always do both. If I was just powerlifting, um, I could see myself get, getting burnt out very, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, but there's, you know, I, I've always been, you know, as you guys know, um, there's much more of an entertainment aspect to, to strongman. Absolutely. Um, you know, when, when you look at powerlifting, you know, I, I, I love the sport and I, and I, I love the connections and the relationships that I've made in it, but. You know, there's no real, when someone that doesn't lift weights watches a powerlifting show, especially when you're using the calibrated kilo plates, you know, a 900 pound deadlift on a calibrated kilo plate. They can't relate to it. Yeah. You, I mean, you look at it and you it's like. It. Red circles. Is right. It, and it's, is, is that there's, heavy? There's no, no there's no like way for them to be like, when, when you're talking about, you know, calibrated reds, 600, 800, 900, it all looks the fucking same. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. But when you're watching Strongman and you see these guys, you know, deadlifting, you know, cars yeah. and and you know flipping thousand pound tires you look you just you visually look at that and you're like holy fuck i mean even even the stuff in in these local shows that's n- not that heavy it still looks it looks really epic. visually it's much appealing, more you visually know? stimulating yeah, yeah. Like, so it, but not a bit really heavy it's all it all just looks heavy yeah it's, not, it's all it's according all to uh, it's all smoke and mirrors yeah know, so. <laughs> well no it's, it's according true. to who i want to know who you're gonna do, do a little wait 
Oh, yeah. de- death grip de- terrace. De- yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> none it's, of it's actually heavy. It just looks no, heavy. It's true. I mean, it is heavy. It is hard, but it's, it's true in the sense that, you know, when I first started pulling 800 pounds on a deadlift bar, the, the attention that I would get and the feedback I would get would, would be great. People were very excited. But then I would deadlift a car for 20. Right. And people would lose their shit. And it's right. like, Fuck listen, yeah, that 800-pound single was way fucking harder yeah. than yeah. that car was for me. You know, pulling a truck, lifting a stone, like, it just looks so much more epic. And, uh, and, and it draws a much greater crowd, which pulls a much greater performance out of the athletes. Right. You know? Why would you not want to do that? Why yeah. would you not want to not have to be as strong? <laughs> but look way fucking stronger yeah. than somebody else. And, and when I, I get way more attention for it. Well, and when that's I still way to go, man. Yeah. Well, when I started hosting shows, I would host powerlifting shows. And I would host strongman shows, and there was always a, a decent population of people who were not affiliated with the gym whatsoever. They were just local, and they would show up and be like, "Hey, I heard there's a strongman show today," and they would come to watch. No one's showing up like that out of the blue to watch a powerlifting meet. Yeah. So it's just more of a spectacle. Yeah, I mean, you watch a guy, you know, get strapped to a fire engine. Across the parking lot. I mean, there's a, a certain That's sense. Damn of, cool. Yeah, there's a certain sense of relatability where, like, you know, you 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 never want when you have a casual fan who just sits on the couch and, and doesn't participate in a sport. You never want them to be able to associate what you're doing with what they do. So if you're talking about powerlifting, if they can watch it on TV or look at it on YouTube and be like, yeah, I, I could probably do that. You know, you, you, they, they see you pulling, you know, a Mack truck or a fire engine. They they're, they look at it and they're like, yeah, there's that's no impossible. fucking way I could do that. You know? yeah. So that's what separates the two sports, yeah. in, in my opinion. So That's what I get asked first when I say I'm a strongman. Oh, so you pull the fucking trucks? Yeah, man. Yeah, That's what we do. That's yeah. what we do. And we lift the big ass stones. We're like, no that's what's strong, man. We're like, we're like triple A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll you, could, you. you could call yeah. us instead. We'll give you a tell. Yeah. No membership needed. <laughs> so um, the, the shows that you did. So you won ASM a few years ago. How many shows did you do before that? The fuck are you talking about? I, I think he means uh, Strongman Corp. Nationals. Oh, I'm sorry. You won yeah. Strongman oh, Corp. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> you want to know all the shows that I've done or just the ones that I fucking won? Oh, we'll be here all day. This is, come on. No, I've only competed like seven. No, uh, wait, no. Yeah, no oh, Sean, come on, man. Like, I'm, I'm trying to put you over. Just go ten, with it. Ten come times. On. I've, uh, I mean, the first show I did, I said, was New York's Strongest Man in 2000. And, no, no. Uh, Live for Autism in 2017. I took fourth place there. Um, then I competed in, I don't even fucking remember. It's been a lot of goddamn shows. But uh, the next big show for I me was... you said it was only seven. That's a lot of goddamn no, shows. No, it's, it's more than seven. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't keep track, man. There's been a lot of them. Yeah. Um, the next big show for me that I won, that I remember, was uh, 2019, New York's Strongest Man. New York's Strongest. Our, our friend Todd puts those on. He always does a great job, year after year. I mean, so, some great, of his shows pull over 100 fucking competitors in a state yeah. show. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, he's great guy. Great shows he puts on. Uh, that was a good one for me, because I won that, and I felt like, all right, maybe I can actually do this shit. This is pretty cool. I yeah. want to show. I mean, I, I there was three competitors in my weight class, and the other guys were absolute jumps. So like, it wasn't a proud win for me because there was nobody really there to compete against. I was competing against myself. And realistically, that's what it comes down to with state shows. I mean, I've done my my share as well, and it usually comes down to you and one, maybe two other guys, yeah. and then it's everybody else. But after after that show, I set my sights on a uh, Delaware's strongest man in two thousand and nineteen. Because that was a qualifier for the 2019 uh, North American Strongman Nationals. And I tied for first, but I actually won against a man named Jeff Henderson. Probably one of the strongest masters nobody fucking knows about. Yeah, The guy can pull, or he used to pull, like a couple years ago, 900 pounds. Doesn't record shit. Pulls 900, overhead presence in the mid-fours. This guy was an absolute monster. Didn't even know who he was. 
I remember walking, uh, signing up for the show. I checked the roster to see all the guys' names. Started Googling them or Instagramming them to find out who they are. Couldn't find out who he was on the day. He just shows up, this absolute freak, and just smokes everyone on anything to do with power. He strict pressed a 360 axle. Um, he pulled 805 for the win. Could have pulled more. Didn't have to because no one even came close. I pulled like 750 for like an RPE 11. It was yeah. fucking beautiful. <laughs> um, but he, him and I tied because he was slow as shit and everything else. Anything moving, he was super slow, and I've always been good with that stuff. So, but you won those three, and he won two, so they you I, got the win. I won three shows. He, uh, I three won three events. events he yeah. won two, but on one of the countbacks, they fucked it up, and uh, they gave it to him instead of me. And I pointed it out in the end. And they were like, "Oh yeah, well, what's son has done?" And I'm like, oh, "Whatever." I qualified for nationals anyway. That's all I wanted. And then I went to nationals 2019, and I got my fucking ass kicked. It was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, well, not. Not fucking kick, but the guys that took uh, first, second, and third were just light years ahead of me. I was strong, but I wasn't that strong because Gabriel Pena took first 2019. That's how he got his pro card and what started his career. Now he's at fucking Worlds and all those big shows. Um, and then second place was Jose Baez. Jesus. Uh, the guy from stunts. California. Yeah, fucking monsters. Monsters of men. And then uh, third place was a guy from Mass. Uh, between the Titan barbell, Lucas Snow. Oh, Luke Null. No shit. Yeah, he yeah. took. He's he, out in like Tennessee now or some shit. I know I recognize yeah. Gabe's Gabe, Gabe Penny. He he has a massive deadlift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've followed him before. He's he's out of Texas, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like honestly, like the nicest guy you'll ever meet in your entire life. Yeah. Like, you see, you find that a lot in strongman, believe it or not. All these monsters they actually tend to be pretty, pretty kind humans, yeah. kind but, animals. Uh, but that ass kicking that I got that year is definitely what set the fire for me to win next year. And that's when I won in 20, 2020 Nationals. I took first at that show, you know, out of, I think it was the biggest Nationals ever. It was like, I don't know, like 78, 75 guys in wow. the open class. It was a ridiculous, because the online qualifiers are pretty easy. It was like a 700 deadlift minimum or 650 deadlift minimum for that level of event. It's pretty, pretty fucking low, so... Sounds like OSG this year. It's <laughs> like 70 guys in the open class, which is going mean, to be interesting. There, there so. be. And if you guys are wondering who are listening, just so you guys uh, just so you guys know, in case you're wondering, I'm sure you are. A man, he's actually completely healthy. That's um that that's that's his that's his actual voice. He doesn't have strep throat <laughs> or uh, or mono. That that's literally how this man speaks. So enjoy. Yeah. All right. So great. So I mean. Great backgrounds from the both of you. Very relatable to myself, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners as well. You know, just we, we all get started for a certain reason. Maybe something's missing. We want confidence, or or we're just enthusiastic about strength training, and then eventually we get into competing. Um, you guys both started competing much younger than I did, but it eventually brought us together, and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, so OSG, we spoke about you know how big of a show it is. Um, I'm sure it's been in your in both your radars for close to a decade, and it's it's both your first OSGs, right? I've, it's my first, yeah. Now, I, I, I qualified last year. That's right, yeah. But I just couldn't make it out. And then like two weeks out from the show, I had a pretty nasty bicep injury while I was out working. So I didn't want to make it any worse. So I just pulled out from that. And, and that, that, that qualification carried over to this year? Yeah, Lynn reached out to me and said, you know, asked if you know, we wanted to qualify. Since I qualified, I didn't go. He reached out to all the guys that qualified the previous year, didn't go. And asked if we wanted to go again, and I was like, "Hell yeah, yeah, excellent! I'm gonna fucking go." And then Nico, you did very well in the online qualifier. Where did you end up in the pack? 
I think I finished seventh or eighth. Um, but uh, I, I, I was at, I was at OSG last year. Um, unfortunately, it was literally three weeks after I had my uh, I ruptured my tricep yeah. on my birthday last year. So I, I had that done October. Great gift. It screws great, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were there for that. I forgot I was, about I that. Yeah. Happy birthday! You, yeah. Um, and uh, so I had the surgery on the seventeenth. I want to say the show was like November 9th. So a couple of weeks after I had the surgery, I, uh, I flew down there because, um, you know, um, one of my clients, Christine Galvin was competing and, um, told her I would go. So I, you know, sucked it up and sat on a plane and, and, uh, got down there. Um, and I just, uh, it was a great experience just cause you know, I'd, I'd never been to the show before and I kind of just took it all in and, um, you know, just watching the open class, I was just kind of like, you know, seeing, the events and, and seeing you know the level of competition and I mean you know don't get me wrong I mean some of the the best athletes in the world compete there but as I was you know watching it you know especially considering you know having done powerlifting for as long as I have you know one of my best assets in strongman is my static strength uh, so I was you know watching those events and I kind of saw what they were doing and I was like yeah I, I, I can do this. So, you know, fast forward to this year's online qualifier, which was um, a... Max overhead, your yeah, choice. Ma max overhead press. It could, it could be axle, log. Um, anything. Any, anything, Just yeah. put it over your head. Just put it over your head. A three-rep deadlift max and a sandbag or stone to shoulder. Um, so uh, considering that after I got my... Uh, tricep surgery done I, I finally got my shoulder done two months after that because the tricep surgery was going to be such a long recovery I figured I, I might as well just get it all done get back to just being healthy and then really give it a good push so I had the the uh, uh, rotator cuff done two days before Christmas last year so when the qualifier hit that was July so I was still only like six months post-op on the on the rotator and, you know, I, I, I discussed it with right my Right rotator, left tricep? Left tricep, right rotator. So both arms are fucked. Um, and I discussed it with my No, with my no strong hands. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> Not one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, talked, I, I talked to him and, and I was like, you know, what are the, what are the chances I'm going to you know, seriously injure myself doing this? And he was like, you know, it's, it's really difficult to say. Um, you know, you're definitely not going to be at full strength until you know, 12 to 18 months. So realistically, like I'm, I, I'm still struggling with my overhead because it's just, it's, it's, it's a very different feel to the way that my stability is right now. And I'm still kind of learning how to exert force, um, with limited mobility. And it's, it's been a challenge, but, uh, so in the qualifier I was, I was only able to get a, a th I think it was a 372 overhead press, not which, you know, not, I mean, <laughs> not impressive apparently. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot of guys. Uh, apparently, for context, <laughs> for context, in, in the open class, you know, competitive, four hundred, low four hundred, mid four hundred. Um, so, so high threes is is by no by no means not impressive. But when you're going up against the best in the world, you know, you're looking for more four hundred plus. But oh, you yeah. were able to make up for it. Well, that, time yeah, I mean, I, I left in your sandbag. I, I was joking. That's still <laughs> it's, it's a good I, I, That was that's still extremely impressive. Yeah, it's um, a good overhead. Yeah, especially for six months removed. From you know major major surgery, but regardless, I mean, some some people aren't impressed by it. But regardless, yeah. that's fine. We'll uh, we'll leave that for another day. Uh, but yeah, so in the the other two events, um, I took first place in both of those events with a, a nine nine oh five deadlift for uh, for three reps, 
and um, in the unofficial world record on the fucking the, sandbag to the, shoulder. Yeah, the, uh, the verdict's still out as to whether or not it's the heaviest sandbag ever loaded. But uh, heaviest I, I ever seen. I loaded a, a 400, four hundred four I think it was sandbag, yeah. um, and it's funny because the the, the only reason that I that I did that. Um, so I, 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 the first sandbag I loaded was like 430 or 431. And then Lucas, Lucas Hatton loaded a 432. And yeah. Man, Manny texted our group chat yeah. right away. And he's like, right look, look at this cocksucker beating you by a pound. I, I, opened, like, I, opened, smoke him. I opened that <laughs> text and then I opened the video and the text came out like 30 seconds after he posted the yeah. fucking yeah. video. Like, yeah, legitimately, Manny, yeah. Since, since, so, since Manny's already qualified, he's, he's, he's being our secretary, <laughs> keeping track of everything, keeping us up to speed. So, so I, was, I was literally, I was at the gym training events when you texted me and uh, yeah. he was just like, he, just, he beat you by two pounds or a pound or two pounds. So I, I, I texted Manny back and I go, give me, Give me a half an hour. So, so I have these big chunks of lead that I put because these, you know, you can only put so much sand in a sandbag, you know. And um, the biggest sandbag that Cerberus makes is 400 pounds. So uh, I have these big chunks of lead that we use on the boat. Being a commercial fisherman, I have, you know, I, I, I'm a trap fisherman for lobsters. So we have these big chunks of lead that we use to weigh down the traps. And uh, so I, I, I just, I, I honestly didn't think I was going to be able to do it. Um, but uh, I just I put another chunk of lead in it and I put it on the scale and it was it was four four sixty nine and I was this close to like taking some sand out to get it to like four fifty or whatever because yeah. like, I don't want to because the, the you know the sandbag to shoulder event is a really it's it's a pretty dangerous event if you don't yeah. technically do it right there were guys that when I first did that four thirty there were like two or three guys within the next week that tried to beat me and, and blew biceps out like. Snapped it's it. also very interesting in the sense like to choose that event as a qualifier because like your equipment is your equipment like think about a stone you know like there's 300 stones 320 stones 350 stones 400 stones and everyone's stones a little bit different so it's like some guy could happen to have a 400 stone and then the other guy could have a stone that's out of the same mold but it's a right. 402 pound stone right so it's just kind of yeah. interesting in the sense that to scale it it's you're kind of at the mercy of your equipment so you ended up making a 470 pound bag and you ended up pulling it off yeah, yeah was, I can honestly say that that was um, of of everything. You know, I'm I'm mostly known for for my deadlifts. You know, I've I've, I've pulled uh, 965, and um, I pulled 90, 9, uh, 904, 905 raw, and um, I'll tell you that that. If it was 470, shoulder, you might have not gotten it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. If, if there was like another grain of fucking rice in there or something, yeah, it was it just like too much. it took every fucking and so if you watch the video. The first time I lap it, I put it back down because I lit, I felt it and I was just like, "Holy fuck, yeah. dude, this is heavy as Did fuck." Did you post you know? that part though? I I, I, don't, I don't think, think I, I I posted it on the yeah. official strongman site because you have to post the whole yeah, video yeah, yeah. uncut. Um, but but I, I don't think I, I don't think Instagram. I posted it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but regardless, um, so I, I I lap it and I'm I'm just holding it in my lap and I'm just like, oh, "Dude, I don't think I can do this." So I put it back <laughs> down and I stand there for a minute and I just like, I, I'm just like I I. I you know, I, I can't let somebody beat me in this fucking event. Yeah. I, just, I, I, start, I think I, I, I crack a stab and, and start slapping my legs and shit. And, and it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in a gym. I mean, I, I got it up onto my chest, and I, I was trying to breathe, and I couldn't get a breath. And I was like, yeah. if, if I don't get this thing on my shoulder in the next 10 seconds, it's going to be straight, straight down. You know? yeah. And I got it to my shoulder long enough to get my hand off yeah. and then I just dropped it went to a knee and yeah. like I almost passed the fuck out so but. best part is there there were no words left in your 
Like is usually, no, I usually talk shit. Usually talk yeah, like yeah. and, and it was no like words, no. That, that's how you know that something's video, really like, fucking uh, hard. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, here it comes. Some serious shit talk. Nothing. Also, <laughs> also one of the circumstances too. It's not like like normally if you're going for a big attempt like that, you know, it's programmed. You have a couple weeks to visualize, right. mentally prepare, and you got a text mid workout, and it's like this guy beat you by a pound. You're like, fuck it. Fuck you just you just rose to the occasion and got it done. That was that was an epic. That's epic. That's I mean, huge. Well, I mean, well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it was definitely it fell in because I had still planned on on doing another one anyway, just in case because I didn't think that that four thirty was going to hold up. And I think a couple other guys. I think Josh Hatfield got. Somewhere Four, the, like four twenty. So, so, yeah. It was somewhere close, but I and, knew that I was probably. And that was fucking easy too. That was impressive. Yeah, he's he's a beast. That guy's um, a monster. But uh, but I knew that I was probably going to have to top it. So I I had planned. I didn't plan on doing it right that minute. But um, but I had you know I I structured my training around being able to do another attempt, which something I was, bigger. I was thinking it was going to be around four fifty, but then I just let my ego get the better of me. And sometimes that works out great, and other didn't, times it didn't. Works you out put in the group chat like the weight out, Sam, and, and you asked her, should I send it? I yeah, I sent you guys that, the picture yeah. of the scale, and I was like, it. "What do you think, boys? Go for it or not?" And <laughs> you're like, "Fuck it, do it." Send yeah, no, because we don't, we don't fucking know. I, right. I don't know. Like, you know, if, if it's a barbell or if it's a, if it's an implement that you're used to, you can make a call. But it's like it's a fucking sandbag. I don't know. Right. Who knows? Who, who knows what the top end is? So I mean, and you know, and to be fair, um, you know, that being the qualifier, the actual, so the event at the actual show is a, a sandbag to shoulder ladder that starts it. 275 six bags five five and bags. it goes from 275 up to uh to 375 and i i you know it's not like i spend a, a whole lot of time on instagram checking what guys are doing but you know the, the top level guys you know i i keep track of guys like west claiborne and spencer remick and and the guys that did really well last year just because that they're kind of the measuring stick going into this show right now for was claiborne there last year i don't think he was he was he came in fifth oh jeez. and um but uh so I, so I pay attention to what they're doing, and, and um, you know, these guys are all elite-level strongman studs. Spencer, Spencer Remick came in. He, he tied for first last year and lost on uh, the um, – did they do compact, or do they do on the uh, who, whoever wins the stones? I, I don't know how they decide ties, but – If there's a stone series, it's usually a tie. It's, yeah. it's, it's usually a stone. So Spencer Remick tied with Pablo Cordiaca last year, and, and, and Pablo won the tiebreaker. Um, that blew but, my mind. That guy was like 100 pounds under – the heaviest dude it's, there. it's crazy, man. Yeah, he's, he's not big. He's, he's a savage. But he's yeah. technical as fuck. He's and sometimes really, that's what it takes. He's a great example of one of those guys that, as far as being like statically strong, like an eight hundred pound pull for him is, is a lot. Like I don't, I don't think he can suited. pull eight hundred pounds suited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, suited. But his his technique is just so flawless, and his ability to manipulate the weights, and it's just it's it's really impressive to watch what he does. Yeah. But but getting back to what I was saying, you know, watching these guys. And the way that they're they're training for this specific event. When the event first came out, I was looking at the weights and I was just like, you know, uh, it looks light, you know. But then, you know, as you watch guys train and whatnot, it's like a three seventy five bag at the top of a, a, a sandbag ladder with five bags. Like that's that's going to take some gas. That's going to take some technical skill, and it's it's, it's going to be a great event. I think it's going to separate the men from the boys as far as like. Yeah. Having said it's it's on day two, which the, the way the show is structured, the, the first two days are the preliminaries. So all 70 guys compete for the first two days. And the day one events are, are Viking Press and Farmer's Carry. And then the day two events are, are Deadlift and Sandbag. Um, so all 70 guys are going to do all of those events. And then after the first two days, they take the top 10, and that's the finals. And the finals events are uh, Car Walk, 
circus dumbbell, and a six stone series. Um, so it's one of those situations where um, having 70 guys in the field, if you can win an event and get 70 points, that's huge, you know? Yeah. Um, and it just so happens that, you know. Two for, of the for, events that are available to you are right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, the day two for me, I, I will, I'll be, uh, I know Manny and I have a little side bet going on with the sandbags, but uh, I'll, I'll be very. I don't know. What, what is this side bet for those that haven't heard yet? So Manny's quite the, the, the sandbag lifter himself. And uh, so he, Sandbag uh, and overhead. You're, you're very comfortable with, yeah, the, uh, yeah. with, with the Viking, yeah? That's going to be your event. Pretty so, fucking good at that, yeah. So Manny decided to do a post uh, a couple weeks ago and talk some shit, which you think, by, yeah. you think by now he'd learn better than to talk <laughs> shit to me. But regardless, <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> I guess he hasn't learned, but um, so he, he did a sandbag series that was, you know, it'd be really impressive if he was middleweight, but uh, he, he did a 220 sandbag, a 250 sandbag, and a 300 or whatever. And 220. For, for whatever it was. 265. Yeah. And then 310. Oh, okay. So he, he, and to your credit, ran right through him. Everything looked great. And then he tagged me and, you know, talked some shit and said he was going to beat me, so... You know, since I'm such a sporting man and whenever anybody calls me out, I, I always put my money where my mouth is, you know, um, because there's certain events that, uh, you know, that I think I'm, I'm the best at and I'm more than willing to, to prove that. And uh, so we have a we have a little side bet going that, you know, since we're so close, you know, I didn't think that I didn't want to make like a monetary bet because, you know, that's just lame. Yeah, lame. Exactly. So. So at OSG, right, right when they finish the sandbag event, depending upon who wins, um, one of us is going to have to kiss the other one's ass cheek. And, and uh, when he say wins, he means fastest time between the two of us. That's between right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's not like it's fast. not like if Spencer Rennick wins, I'm going to kiss, kiss his, his ass. ass. Yeah. No. Fuck that. Fuck so. Spencer. <laughs> It'd so be between, too funny if, if there is a winner. He's like, "Hey, me next. Me next." Yeah. Me next. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but the day two events are are my my best events um i i statically um i i consider myself um i mean it's it's not even that i consider it. it's it's a very you know you've proven that already yeah exactly yeah. i i i think that as far as deadlifters go um i'm a better deadlifter than i would feel safe to say probably 90 to 95 percent of the of the pros um and as far as america goes i'm i'm one of the top three or four deadlifters and in the world, I'm, I'm I would probably, say top I'm probably in the top ten. So, um, so as far as this level show, not that this, not that this isn't a big show, but I, I don't think there's anybody that's going to even be able to touch me on the deadlift. Um, and then considering my my previous performances on sandbags, I, I'd be very disappointed if I was out of the top two or three on any of those events. Yeah. So, having seventy guys in the field, that's going to be a huge amount of points, which is good because I'm I'm going to have to make up for what yeah. is guaranteed to be a, a, to my opinion, a, a subpar. Viking press. Um, I've been working my ass off to get my overhead press back up. Um, and while it's... The Viking would, press is an AMRAP at what in hand? Low 300s? 360. 360 in yeah. hand. Um, so, so in hand, supposedly, we have no fucking idea. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing with the Viking press is it's, it's, it's very hard to... When, when you go to train, um, 
you know, every Viking press is constructed differently. Yeah. And so the only way you can really train for it is get as strong as you fucking can. Yeah. For the listeners, a Viking press is essentially a, a fixed apparatus, usually uh, picture a barbell that goes straight out in front of you or some type of apparatus that goes straight out in front of you. It's fixed. So it, it, it's like it's like a fulcrum, like a lever. And, yeah. you know, they, they'll say 360, but, but what is 360? 360 loaded, 360 in hand. What are the handles like? What's the width of the handles? It tends to be a neutral grip facing out. And that's what you guys have been training yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. And, and just to clarify, when we say we're going to have no idea what the fuck it actually is, back in 2018, like, everyone fucking zeroed it because they yeah. didn't. It was like, it, it, was, it, was, it was like they, 70 pounds heavier than they thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah. So, um, so, so who knows we, what's going to happen? No idea. Um, but I, I, if, if it is what they say it's going to be, um, I, would be right. I would be happy uh, to get... I would say three to, three to five reps. I would I would be pleased with, and the reason I'd be pleased with that is because in a field of seventy guys, you know, there's only so many possible outcomes. If you have seventy guys, multiple guys are going to get two reps, three reps, four reps, zero. and then you're at zero. There's going to be a lot of zeros, I would think. Yeah. And then you're going to have guys like Manny, uh, guys like Wes Claiborne, um, guys probably like guys plus. like Tyler Obringer that are probably going to hit double digits. Which is, it, it, you know, if I get if I say I get four. And, you know, and, and let's say Wes and, and Manny and, and Tyler all tie for 10 or 11. Um, and know, Manny and, wins with 15. And Manny wins with, yeah, Manny wins with 15. <laughs> you know, if, if you have that many guys, there's going to be like a 30-way tie for mid-pack points, yeah, you know, yeah. which is fine because if, you know, it, it, first place is worth 70, last place is worth one. So if, 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 I, can, if I can tie for, you know, eighth or ninth place with – 30 other guys, you know, that's going to get me like 20 points, which is huge. You know, just getting on the board is the most important thing. Um, so if I can just chip in some points and then, and then the next event, the farmers is not my best event, but still a, a pretty good event. As far as being a bigger guy, um, I'm pretty quick. And just from what I do for a living, being a fisherman, my, my grip is, is one of my, my better yeah. attributes. So I'm, I'm that falls now with you too, man. You have, you have a great grip and you're, you're quick as well. I had a great grip once. Um, but in training for training for the axle uh, during the Arnold prep back in uh, January or February the time it was um, something in my right hand just popped one of the tendons just fucking gave out and uh, all right so that just about wraps up today's episode Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Top Strength Cast. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as we enjoyed putting it together. Uh, if you did, in fact, enjoy it, please leave a five-star review, like, share, whatever it may be to help get the word out. We really appreciate the support. Um, and also, your, your feedback. Your feedback means a lot to me. Feel free to reach out, uh, shoot me a DM directly at StripCam or comment below. You know, Like I said in the intro, it's most important to me to offer as much value through this platform as possible, and it's it's very helpful in doing that to, to get your guys' feedback. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear. Um, you know, I really want to provide the, the best service possible. So thanks again so much for listening. We'll see you guys over there, and we'll see you next week for the next episode. Thanks again. <laughs>